You're looking very relaxed, Mrs. Winship. Uh, I could say the same about yourself, Mr. Winship. Very uh, chilled. We've had a nice spa morning this morning, oh, haven't we? It's been absolutely lovely. Really, really nice. Been looking forward to this. It makes morning. it sound really bougie. <laughs> That's it. It's only one morning. And, and it's not something we make a regular habit of, is it? Once it, a year. It's been a nice treat. Well, not necessarily once a year, but we do try because we we've realized in the past we've kind of said one of the things we are awful at is like recognizing and celebrating success right so we're trying to use this as a way to just mark um, the end of the complete cycle of a successful project so obviously we've refinanced lindhurst yeah um little Hayes, and um as you'll know from previous episodes, you didn't quite get the, the devaluation that we were looking for. It wasn't too um, far off. But it wasn't too it. far off. And we decided at the end of the day with these things, like time is money. Mm. And, you know, we could have, um, the value was digging the heels in. We could have taken this to some kind of formal appeal. But there's even then, there's no guarantee. Yeah. We could spend weeks doing that for the sake of, like you pointed out, we might get an extra 10 grand out of it or whatever else. It's just not worth That's it. Not worth it's, it yeah. it's more important to us to have this money recycled yeah. through. What we did manage to achieve, though, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we've set a world record Trouble. here. Trouble. World record for the time from <laughs> mortgage off. So we basically, we... we, we gave the green light to our broker to go to the bank and say, look, we're not going to pursue this appeal any further. We got the mortgage offer off the back of that later that day. Yeah. So within a working day, we had the mortgage offer and we had funds in our bank account within two working days. Which is phenomenal. That's Absolutely got amazing. to be a world record. So that, if nothing else, is, is worthy of celebration. Every now and then you just got to treat yourself. Hello everyone, my name is Mark Winship. And my name is Caroline Winship and together we run hotels and vacation rentals across the UK. With our team. Well, of course with our team, we couldn't do it without them. And one thing's for sure, there is never a dull moment. Oh, you can say that again. Welcome to the Secret Service Podcast. Are we going with the Secret Service Podcast or Secret Service Podcast? What's it like coming home after three days on the road? Yeah, I've spent half of this week uh, down at the hotel. Um, it's been a good few days, actually. The progress has been phenomenal because it's actually visible progress for once because much of what's happened so far has been uh, underneath the skin of the building, hasn't it? Because yeah. when you've got electricians on site and when you've got plumbers on site, they're, you know, they're dealing with stuff that you, you can't see. see. So it's so, nice to see yeah. some visible changes. We've had the grounds people on site and we've had, all the boys' toys. We've had dumper yeah. trucks. We've had diggers. I really liked your Instagram post where you have pictures of all the diggers, and I especially like the one where you where you posted that um, in order to look like a professional, when when the builders arrive, you have to go around huffing and puffing with the measuring, with the tape measure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if like you want to get credibility well. with the builder, yeah, just walk around with a tape measure and. Uh, I'm an R and lot and randomly measure stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's quite funny. But no, I mean. Progress is flying, right? I mean, it's transformed already. Uh, the, the amount of space that they've created with the, with, with the diggers for additional parking is phenomenal. Yeah, and you seem to have caused a bit of a stir on that road as well, because I think people have been so busy looking at what we're doing. There's actually been 
Oh, yeah. We've had two, two road accidents right outside the, yeah, the property while yeah. the grounds were. We've actually massively increased the visit. Not that the road accidents were anything to do with anyone exiting no, our property or not. anything like that. that quickly, it's yeah. just a, a slight, a bizarre twist of irony yeah, that we've increased visibility by cutting back all the bushes and uh, suddenly there's two road accidents outside. Nothing yeah. serious. But um, yeah, it's, uh, progress is really flying and it's fantastic to see, quite literally see the, the, the building sort of spring back into mm. life again. I'll tell you what's funny though. You know, I've joked on a couple of episodes now about it being a haunted hotel mm. because it's it's quite gothic looking yeah, yeah. and it's covered in cobwebs and that's all I really meant. And I've had a couple of people actually reach out to me and say, "Is, is it actually haunted?" And and I was yes, of course not. Don't you know? Don't be silly. I was just uh, just kind of exaggerating and, and what have you. But you know what? I do wonder. I told you about the showers, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, and that was in room thirteen. And it was it? in room thirteen. So. To cut a long story short, when we first viewed the property with the agent um, and, and we went inside, there were showers running. And I remember distinctly that there was a shower running in this particular yeah. room, yeah. which the previous owners had labelled as number 14, 14. Yeah. not number 13, which apparently is a common superstition amongst um, hoteliers that you don't have a room 13 because mm -hmm. it's deemed to be unlucky. Anyway, there was a shower running and nobody could really work out why. And they kind of attributed it to maybe the squatter was somehow trying to run up the bills or something like that. Um, and then we kind of turned it all off. And that was the last anyone thought about it. Anyway, I've been staying this week for a couple of nights and uh, I just happened to be going around the rooms and doing some some random checks on, on measuring up, I think it was. And um, with your handy I, tape measure, with my handy tape measure. And I could hear a shower running. And I thought one of the workmen had come in and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe he just decided to grab a shower. It was pretty hot and yeah. I, I don't know. So I just sort of left it and I thought, well, I'll pop back later and um, and just see. So I came back. No, this I came back several hours later, shower still running full tilt. So I went inside. There it was. Shower running full on. This is not like a dripping shower. This is someone has turned the shower on. That like the, really the dial cool. has turned. Now, I've been staying there for two nights. I am absolutely 100% certain no one is accessing that building. I've been there. It's any previous access that the squatter would have had absolutely is now not available. Yeah. It's all secure. And yet these showers keep getting turned on. Okay, well, there's no way I'm going to stay in room 13 when we go there. No and it's way. room 13. I mean, you couldn't write it, could you? So, I mean, yeah, it's just uh, it's just bizarre. So um, I'm, I'm really interested to keep an eye on that. Perhaps so we should have a... Maybe I cursed it by yeah. calling it a haunted hotel. I and don't also, know. perhaps one option for that space, which we're still in a bit of a toing and froing about, perhaps we could hold a seance there. Hmm. Well. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But we did get one curveball, didn't we, this week? Oh, yeah. Um, but they're, well, they're not to a, be expected, aren't they? Yeah, and it's not a curveball, as in it. This is something that we'd kind of been expecting to a certain degree, um, but it, it's, it's, it's just a pain. So essentially what's happened is that the, and I think I've given a bit of background to the hotel before, but essentially it's part of a chain that collapsed a couple of years ago. Um, the uh, the owner of the chain, I think, embezzled quite a lot of money from the company and was using it to fund his super yachts habit and what have you. I'm, I'm, I'm learning more and more from the more people I speak mm -hmm. to about the history behind it. And um, it's, as a result, very, very difficult to unpick a lot of things about this property yeah, yes, you know right. okay. it's really difficult to sort of track back um how things were done how they were set up and whatever. there's just no information it's been bought from the receivers and you get what you get mm. so we had our 
suspicions in a sense early doors didn't we about whether or not planning permission had ever actually been secured one when this property was uh, converted from its previous use which was a care home now yeah. it's and been it has been trading as a hotel it's been it? trading a hotel for seven years as far as we can tell yeah. again it's it's not it's not easy to unpick all of this, but as far as we can tell, we're fairly sure it's been trading for seven years. So we have had our planning consultant look into that and whether or not um, there's information on the various planning portals about its designated use, and whether or not planning permission was ever actually sought because we're, we're mm. sort of, we're sort of learning that there's there's various things that have been done in not necessarily, let's say not a conventional way yeah. um, with this building, which is why we had our suspicions. Um, and long story short, it turns out that the previous owner never actually obtained planning permission to change it from a care home and a hotel. It doesn't qualify for what's called a certificate of lawful use because it would have had to have been running continuously as a hotel for 10 years. So it's not quite reached that point. So for us, for security moving forwards, for our, for our, our number one um choice for this property if you like because we do have other exits we do have other things that we could potentially mm, do with this yeah, including potentially it leasing it as a care home um, but that's obviously not our plan a so for our security we do need to submit a planning application we've got no reason to believe in our, our planning consultant certainly has got no reason to believe that we would have any particular issues with that um it does back on to a, a development of sort of what would you call it that supported living no, no i think it's more like a retirement yeah. village well i say village is about 12. there are vulnerable little... adults elderly just elderly dementia. you just have to be over a certain yeah. age to buy them that sort of yeah. thing yeah um so i think there's some safeguarding concerns from them around it operating as a hotel but again we're not bringing anything different to that no. than, than's been operating for them and, and i think that um, I've had a good chat with one of the directors of that development and uh, I, I can see how our model can actually head off a lot of those safeguarding concerns. Yeah. So um, I've not got any concerns about whether or not we'll actually obtain the planning permission, but it's just it's a it's a time and a hassle and a cost that we hadn't anticipated. Yeah, and I, it's, well, we've got the team to do it, haven't we? It's just We've got a fab team. They've delivered on so many projects like this for us in the past. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've got full confidence in those guys and, and our planning consultants been brilliant already in uh, in uh, sort of unpicking this for us so a little bit of a curveball again i mean it happens right we get curveballs all the time with these yeah, kind I of mean, things with projects like this if there were no curveballs then it, it, it takes a certain type of person and and we are those people to unpick those problems so we always they're not problems they're challenges and we always work around them we've got fab team that we draw upon don't we to be able to you know move this through and so. it's about having that problem solving mindset yeah, isn't it yeah. you, you know you can't afford to be derailed by these things and it's certainly not going to derail us on this project we're going full steam ahead yeah. that being said our plumber's gone awol hmm. that's the one sticking point where like, are you this is this is this <laughs> is a well-oiled machine other than for the plumbing um who you know he's he's been out he surveyed the site um he is supposed to be coming back to us uh, with a quote and um we just can't get hold of him and um it's frustrating because um to to go out to tender if you like to another plumber would would set things back 
um, more than we're prepared to. So we, we really are trying to, um, to, to to try and resolve this issue. But it comes to a point where you have to think, actually, no, we need to move this forward. So let's explore other avenues. I think, yeah, but it's a bugbear of both of us, isn't it? Like, I don't like I totally understand these guys are hugely busy. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot on, but it's communication, isn't it? And, and just when people don't communicate and leave you in the dark now, it's not just tradespeople it can be solicitors it could be you know whatever whatever it might be brokers whatever yeah <laughs> i mean it's the lack of communication that makes this really difficult yeah. if, if it was a if it was two seconds to fire up a holding matches so i'm really sorry i'm absolutely snowed under i'll get a quote to you by the end of the week or whatever it is you at least you'd know what was happening yeah, yeah. i don't have a problem with that we are pretty reasonable people i think and we can work with you it's just the lack of communication that is frustrating yeah absolutely so we need to get that resolved sharpish really otherwise we're going to have to make alternative plans um and that won't be easy to pull that in line with the rest of the project because that's really motoring we've got the kitchenettes scheduled for delivery at the end of this month yeah well well 27 so what's that by the well be a week yeah Exactly. So, which is great that, 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 again, they've been able to pull out all the stops to get those on site for us, but then we, we don't currently have a plumber to come and fit mm. them. So um, that's a bit frustrating, but um, we're, we're working on that one. Um, but other than that, it's 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 all steam. All yeah, steam ahead. I feel, I feel a bit phrase? like a fraud because um, like you go down and you do all this work and, you know, I, I'm up here and all I do is wait and anticipation well, for no, you, <laughs> you, you You've had a road trip of your own oh, this yeah. week, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. We've had a couple of listener quandaries and questions sent to us this week, so I guess we better call Kim. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? Good to see you again. Hi. Good, thanks. Yeah, how are you? Good. We weren't sure you were going to come back, so we're, we're, we're delighted to see you back again. <laughs> um, burning question. I'm sure all of our listeners are keen to know. How was the hot tub? Oh, unfortunately, we didn't get to go in the hot tub. What? You're kidding. Why no, no. Um, well, we booked this boutique little family run hotel. Yeah. And when we got there, um, they very kindly upgraded us to a newly refurbished garden suite. Um, wow. The room was really beautiful. It was really lovely. And we were only the second people ever to go in there. Um, but no hot tub at the moment because they had a problem with their new decking. So, oh. so the hot tub wasn't there. So did that count as an upgrade then? I don't, did well, that this is the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not sure it does. The grey but... <laughs> area. You were so looking forward to oh, it. I really was, yeah. yeah. You'll have to go back next time. We will have well, to go we, back. We, we have got a couple of listener questions, which is great. So we've got Excellent. plenty of stuff to get into today. But I thought, let, let's kick things off with... Um, I always joke with you, don't I, about you delving into your Mary Poppins... <laughs> bag of tricks maybe you've got like a top cleaning tip or a little nugget that you can share with our listeners what have you got for us well hopefully it'll be helpful um last week's podcast you mentioned about the guest who um sent photos about various bits that they found and they talked about the scuffs on the walls oh yeah, so yeah. I thought that is quite a big problem with um well not a big problem it's a common problem with serviced accommodation properties because people are lugging suitcases up and down the stairs um so you do get the marks so the yeah. best way that we've found, and we've tried all sorts of tricks and old wives' tales, um, <laughs> the best one we've found is toothpaste. What? So just, yeah, it does sound bizarre, but it's just the basic cheap 
toothpaste. You need a plain white one. So don't get like a blue one or a, a strawberry yeah. flavored one with glitter right. in it because that will mark. Yeah, don't, don't do anything like that. <laughs> Just so a basic yeah, bog standard paste, paste, not gel because the paste has a really slight abrasive quality to it. Uh, right. And okay. just really gently, just with a, just a damp micro microfiber cloth, just small circular motions, and then it just comes straight out. And you and can it just wipe it away. Like stain the paint or anything No, like no, it doesn't stain the paint. Obviously you just try it in a really small area first, just in yeah. case, but it's- Behind the sofa or something. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we've not found any problems with that so far, and that is the best way. That is a really good I nugget. might have to go now because as I walked up here to yeah, we, this, we, I know <laughs> we definitely don't have enough toothpaste to cover <laughs> yeah. in. That's a really good one. That's a, I like that. I like That's that a really cool well. nugget. I'm, I'm going to check that one out and report next yeah. time. Okay, while we're on it, does so you and I chatted in a week. Does the one work that I mentioned to you that I saw on Instagram, putting ice cubes on a carpet where mm -hmm. the furniture has dented the carpet, does that work? <laughs> it does but that is like worst case scenario because you don't want to get the carpet too wet because yeah. if you if you really saturate it then it can cause problems with the underlay so to get dents out of the carpet just really quickly um just spray just with a plain water bottle just tap water just spray it lightly and then yeah. use a hairdryer because all women know you know once you've used a hairdryer you get the volume and that's what you want to do to the carpet you want to put the volume back in it you need so, to volumize your carpet. I like that one. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Right. Yeah. There, there's, so there's two, two for the price of one. Two for oh, the price of one. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we do have a couple of questions, as I said. So um, Fiona sent us a DM on Instagram. And Fiona was really keen to understand a little bit more about what we were talking about in one of our previous episodes about experiences. So additional kind of stuff that you can do as an experience alongside your stay, basically. So Fiona's keen to know how does that work in practical terms? So in terms of how do we as a team manage that process? Mm -hmm. The systems of it is pretty pretty easy, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some really cool software out there at the moment. So we have a system where a piece of software, we can add upsells to your booking. So when someone books with us, they then get prompted to complete an online check-in form. They get offered the opportunity to purchase or request a number of different upsells. That could be anything from an experience to a luxury hamper or whatever it might be. And for the ones that require a little bit of organization, they request they request it they can't buy it outright yeah they request it that goes through to one of our hospitality managers so it goes through to danielle or it goes through to jenna and they then make contact with the supplier yeah. and they do all of the sort of liaison between the guests and the supplier so we're kind of providing a bit of a concierge yeah. service yeah. I guess. and we're, we're yeah. sort of kim and i've been kind of working on that haven't we kim's been yeah. sort of getting all the leads the lead mm. generations down south and then between the two of us, because obviously we were both really busy, so I went down this week to meet with Fiona that uh, Kim had found yeah. uh, on the private show. Another Fiona. Another Fiona, another yeah. Fiona. <laughs> another Fiona, yeah. And I think the thing that really came through for me from speaking to the contacts that we have in, in the forest, they really like the fact that we can provide one point or one contact point. Mm. So rather than... Uh, the people that are delivering these experiences have to speak have to, to all these the different guests, guests which, which we wouldn't wish on yeah, anybody. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes the communication, the language barriers. So it means that each of the people or companies that are delivering these experiences 
get to know Danielle, they have that one point of contact, they can build up a good rapport, and then it's up to us or Danielle to really get from the guests the experience they want, which means we're going to offer this sort of like seamless um, experience um, for our guests. And like Kim, you know, you've been really good at finding these contacts, which has been great. Kim, you've been boots on the ground, haven't you? Because you've, yeah, you, you've you're obviously local. You've sourced a lot of these local suppliers because we're putting together welcome packs, aren't we? So yeah, we are. Yeah, that's a really important part of it, isn't it? Tell us a bit about the local aspect of that and what we're trying to do with the welcome packs. Well, that's kind of benefiting me as well, because I get to be nosy about who's doing what around the area, <laughs> test these lovely chocolates and go and meet these lovely horses and you know, do great life. things. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the welcome packs and the and the concierge service, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's great because we get to meet lots of like minded people in, in the forest um, who are all really passionate and keen to share yeah. what they know and what they can yeah. do. Um, but the welcome packs, I think it's really important to keep local. Yeah. Um, and when the guests come in, you know, they're, they're, they they know when they're booking an area, they, they have a rough idea of what happens in the forest. Um, and then to come in to this lovely hamper where they can literally just taste the forest. It's just, it yeah. just adds that little bit extra of luxury. Well, that's yeah. the, the luxury is the word I was going to use because we, we, we've been trying, we've been going around in circles with these welcome oh packs, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Or a we, subsection B. We? We've been trying to work out what <laughs> constitutes luxury, and I think I feel like we've really landed in a in, in yeah, a good, good place. place now, which is that the luxury is that real local element, isn't it? That if yes. you want genuine, in this case, new forest experience, but you could apply this to to, to any area where anyone's operating, then you then it's that local aspect that is the luxury mm. element of it isn't it and Fantastic. also we're trying to systemize it as much as possible isn't it because we could have provided a welcome pack without thinking about the logistics which i think might be um an area that some people may fall into so we could have had no end of things couldn't be but they didn't have a shelf yeah. you would have had to and, and you've said yourself haven't you some people have asked you to buy xyz but when you actually cost this out with your time, these welcome packs could have cost 40, 50, 60, 70 Yeah, it's just not scalable. Like, no. like shelf life and stuff like that, so, something you might not normally yep. consider is mm. really important because you're going to have to, um, for financial reasons and also for practical reasons, we're going to need to buy this stuff in bulk and put it into storage. Yeah. So um, yes. it's finding local produce that actually has got a decent shelf life yeah. and isn't going to take up too much storage room, yeah. which and is I think a, we, a challenge. You know, I think we've, we've landed on that really, haven't we? And I think we have making sure that when you do sort out your welcome packs it, it's thinking about scalable isn't it but you guys yeah. had a, a funny story right there's something on your visit the other day you were just starting to tell me before we started this recording about <laughs> a funny story from your visit you've forgotten already I you know, can tell, I'm literally yeah, talking about this two yeah. minutes ago oh. <laughs> what happened with the cleaner and uh, oh, yeah. oh, gosh <laughs> yeah I uh, had an agency worker with me um, and first time I've used this agency, they let me down on the first couple of occasions. And it's so the third time, apparently lucky. Um, this girl turns up at the train station. We go to the first house, merrily cleaning away. And the homeowner comes back, which they quite often do, um, with their dogs. And this poor girl had a complete panic attack. She was petrified of dogs. Um, and I had no idea. Not or anything. No didn't mention it no and it, I was mortified she was upstairs having a complete full-on panic attack um and the homeowner was trying to kind of console his dogs because he thought that they could pick up on her negative feelings and it was just oh it was it was very stressful it was so hot yeah so hot and it was just mortified this poor girl but um 
managed to uh, to turn it around and you know luckily I've managed you were in your element there Kim you're doing your firefighting thing <laughs> you know, in the middle the voice of calm in all I of this I can picture it now mopping the fevered brow of the girl with the you know yeah. doing you know stroking yeah. the dog with hands. absolutely yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Cool. Right. I've got to move this on. So Sorry. we've got we've got a second question to tackle. Okay. So um, we actually have our first voice note, our first Yay. voice note for the podcast Ooh. from Nikki, who has a question about cancellation policy. Hi, Mark. I've just thought of a question for your podcast. I'm just listening to the fourth episode right now. And I just thought, oh, I thought of a question this week. Um, we've had a booking at cancel on us which was for a month long and she cancelled two days before the booking now what can be done about these fake bookings we've lost nearly a month's worth of revenue um so yeah what do you do about fake bookings is it a thing what should you do to avoid them uh, and what due diligence should um, you be doing to make sure people aren't booking fake and why would they do that that's my question Nikki, I feel your pain with that one. That must oh, be enormously. Yeah. Yeah. It's really annoying when you get your ca- your calendar kind of taken up like that and then you get a cancellation because obviously it limits your um, ability to, to resell those dates. And, and that really, I think, is the key learning here. It's really important to think long and hard about your cancellation policy. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be possible in an ideal world for any guest to be able to cancel such a long booking or really any booking, to be honest, um, with two days notice because it means you've had your calendar closed you've not been visible in the search results for your listing and it's it's you know and it's now potentially going to be tricky for you to fill those dates again so um i know we have a 14-day cancellation policy so if they cancel within 14 days then um i think they actually get a 50 percent refund up to seven days and then between seven days and arrival they don't get any refund at all because obviously we you know we have kept our calendar closed for those dates so it's making sure that you've got a cancellation policy that works for you as a a professional business and i think that's the key there's a balance isn't there in all of this because we talk a lot we've already talked a lot about like really going that extra mile for our guests and trying to offer flexibility and trying to offer you know luxury experiences and, and, and all this kind of thing but at the same time for us this is about running a business you know and all of this needs to be scalable it needs to be mm-hmm. systemized and i know i get on my high horse about systems and automating things but that this is a good example of where we're running a business and actually yeah. having that and it's not easy because online travel agents like airbnb and booking.com particularly off the back of covid they've put a lot of pressure on hosts in fact they forced upon it uh, they forced it upon us for a while that we had to give flexible cancellation policies to guests and they put a lot of pressure on you and they, they try and convince you that it you know you're missing out on bookings if you don't have a flexible cancellation policy but the bottom line is you've got a business to run you know and absolutely you, you, you've got to, to value that. And I, it's just finding that balance, isn't it, in the like, middle ground? you know, you planning for your team, isn't it? You yeah, visibility of your calendar, you see what cleans are coming up. And suddenly, if you have that one-month booking, you think, right, well, we've got a clean there, and then we've got a mid-stay clean. Suddenly, if that calendar's open again, you could get a series of lots yeah. Last-minute bookings, which suddenly throws your scheduling out as well, doesn't it? So exactly. Yeah. So logistically, it's, yeah. it's it could be a potential minefield as well. 
Um, But I wouldn't panic totally, though, because, you know, the way the bookings are going at the moment, we've seen it um, a lot recently where there's lots of last minute bookings. Um, Guests are looking, they're saying, you know, got a couple of days off next week. Let's go away. So that whole month, you know, is potentially you could get a few more bookings and and hopefully it's um, you can recruit a little bit of money. Kim, this year to last year on that because I, I think we yes. have I think mm-hmm. the booking window is a lot shorter um, pe- uh, yeah. people are booking a lot a uh, lot less far in advance is that uh, even uh, yeah, that's I terrible think... English sorry but you know what I mean they're, they're not booking as far in advance that's what I uh, yeah. yes yes are in the climate and everything else people are thinking well I don't want to commit x amount of money that far in advance I'll wait and see if I've still got that little pot if I've got that pot then yeah I can go away mm. Yeah. Yeah, From a cleaning turnover point of view, I think we've seen a lot more short bookings, a lot of two, three night stays, um, but just really sporadic. And, you know, you could get two or three bookings come through uh, for the next few weeks. And then the summer isn't looking particularly heavy for booking wise. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're all being snapped up. Yeah. So I think. No, no. I think people are staying for shorter, but there's more bookings. I guess it depends on your target market, um, you know, whether it's a leisure property or whether it's more geared towards contractors, because I know obviously at the Madison, where we have more working stays, we've yeah. still got a lot of longer stays happening there. So it does depend mm-hmm. on your target market a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. but what I would say, going back to your question, Nikki, is just with your specific circumstances, if you've got a situation like that again, ideally you would have at least a a 14-day cancellation policy. And if it's a month-long booking like that, I think there is an element of meeting the guest in the middle because equally from their perspective, you know, plans change, particularly if it's a business trip, maybe a work job has been cancelled or something like that. And to lose an entire month's worth of payment is is a big hit for somebody. And so what we try to do there is meet them in the middle and say, look, we need to basically keep your first two weeks because, you know, if we, like you say, Kim, if we open the calendar now, we, we, we've, we've got a reasonable chance of being able to, to fill those dates. So if we keep the first two weeks of your payment, but we will then refund you the second two weeks, yeah. assuming yeah. we can open the calendar from today and do our best to fill it. You could even go as far, and we've done this before as well, of offering um, either a credit against a future yeah. stay or a, even potentially a refund for anything you can resell. Yeah. Because we're not yeah. trying to benefit from their unfortunate situation um, if they've had to cancel. We're not trying to double up and say, well, that's really good news because I get to keep their money and get another booking to replace it. And we're always pretty transparent. If we get another booking to replace it, we'll refund you yeah. those nights. Yeah. And I think you can't really say fairer than that, yeah. can you? No. I think the guest sees that we're trying to work with them. It, it just makes for a better relationship, doesn't it, really? Yes. You know, it works for everybody then, doesn't it? Cool. Mm. Excellent. Well, hopefully that's helpful, Nikki. And Kim, thank you so much again for us again on the podcast. Your uh, input was invaluable. I love those nuggets. Yeah, Yeah. that that was super cool. So thank you so much for that. And we will um, meet you again in a couple of weeks' time. Yes. Thank you. Take care. Bye. 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 Please put those in the podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I'm still recording, so I might be able to see.
I thought we should talk about cleaners. Cleaners are hugely important, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if anyone ever gets into service accommodation, the one thing that you realise early doors, your cleaning team is fundamental. They will will make or break what you're doing. It doesn't matter how many tens, hundreds of thousands of pounds you spend on the property. If a guest walks in and it's not clean, then, you know, that has an impact on reviews, which has an impact on bookings. So cleaners are the lifeblood of of our business. And, Mm. um, you know, we've learned so much over the last few years uh, running this business about um, how to find good cleaners, about how to retain good cleaners, about how to motivate them. We don't always get it right we're still learning we've actually had to let a cleaner go this week yeah, haven't we yeah. it's never easy i mean this is a slightly different situation this isn't somebody that was fully vetted by us it was a cleaner that um almost came as part of a package deal yeah, with a property a that we were managing so that in itself is probably a lesson in terms of um making sure that all of our cleaning team regardless of you know, where they sit within the business, go through our onboarding yes. and buy into our systems and, and everything else like that. I think it's important to recognise when it's time for that relationship to end, really. Yeah, so you've, you've got to know how to draw the line, them. don't you? Sometimes you've got to make that break. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's about understanding how to get the best out of your cleaning mm. team. What do you think are some of the top things um, that we can recommend to people about, you know, that let's face it we've got some absolutely fabulous cleaners in our teams at the moment that are you know we can't fault them and they genuinely take ownership of the properties and you know what what goes into building that relationship do you think i think certainly it's expectations expect the expectations of us how we expect a property to be i mean fortunately we've got two i suppose in the old days you'd call them housekeepers but we've got kim down south and cat in the midlands and they have their own team that they train they monitor they do checks quite often they don't go around to do checks so for us it's it's dealing with that point if you like for those head cleaners and then for them to train their staff yeah and they're really good at that they they really set very high expectations for what they want their team to achieve and they're not afraid to do the cleaning themselves as well i think that's really important it's a balancing act isn't it in terms of they know their business we know our business and it's about making sure that we're clearly communicating what we expect and i think a good quality cleaner a good clean with the right attitude wants to know that you know they they welcome that information because it they 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 really do want to do a good job and they want to understand how they're going to be measured if you like and that that sort of expectation and the quality of the onboarding it's like anything isn't it when you take on any member of staff whether it's a cleaner whether it's an actual member of staff your business whether it's a virtual assistant it's about the quality of onboarding and that i think is the first really key thing the second thing is they've got to be prepared to work with our systems oh yeah i know that's a real bugbear of yours well the thing is if we're going (laughs) to run this thing remotely right we you know we can't be everywhere all at once and we do have some some really nifty systems that allow us to um uh, reinforce those standards Mm -hmm. and, and those expectations and also it's 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 good for everybody. It helps everybody because if, if they're filling in our cleaning checklist, which they have access to remotely on their mobile phones, they can do it then and there in the property. Then Take we know exactly. We know if there's any issues, if there is any damage, 
Um, if we get uh, a guest turning up and saying something hasn't been cleaned, then we've got an immediate reference point. We don't have to rely on, you know, phoning around, trying to get hold of the cleaner, you know, waiting for WhatsApp messages to be returned, things getting lost in communication. And that is another big thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So buying into our systems, which are there to help everybody, yeah. is really, really important. And, and I have to be honest, it is a bit of a red flag for me if, if a cleaner is reluctant to buy into those systems then i think that's a bit of a red flag i think for the whole thing to work smoothly that that really needs to happen and i alluded to communication there that's absolutely key isn't it and you're really good at this because i, I think we probably make a good team on this i tend to lean on systems yeah you are more likely to get hands on and just pick up the phone and speak to them and i think yeah. a combination of those two things is where the real sweet spot lies, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think most importantly, and, and I don't think this gets spoken about enough in what we do, you've got to be prepared to back your team. Yes. Like, you know, I'm on a lot of Facebook forums for service combination operators, that sort of thing. And the way that cleaners are spoken about and, and, and treated to a certain degree, I just think it's unacceptable. Mm. And I think that you've got to be prepared to, like if you're getting repeated issues which, which for me starts to, you know, starts to speak to a kind of willful disregard or lack of attention to detail, then like we've done this week, you, you have to draw a line yeah. sometimes. But things are going to get missed. Think that, that you know, there, there are going to be mistakes. Cleaners work incredibly hard and they're not going to get it 100% right all of the time now and we know that don't we? <laughs> we do know that and we'll come on to that. But we also know that our guests are not going to be forgiving about that. So the cleaner needs to understand that that if it, if it regularly and consistently is impacting on reviews, then 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 that's where we have an issue. But equally, if if something small gets missed, or or we have to be prepared to back our team. Oh, definitely. And and not always jump straight onto the cleaner and say, "Guest has said this. You know, this wasn't dusted properly. What are you doing?" And I, I just think that is not going to lead to a motivated. Mm -hmm team of cleaners so you can't let somebody take advantage but at the same time i think you've got to respect that they work really hard and we do know that don't we because we've cleaned the properties ourselves yeah we did we had a situation where not intentionally oh no no although i would i would probably recommend that's a good thing to yeah. do what's well, a bit like working in the business like if you want to bring your children into the business get them to start to do the business it's a bit yeah. like us is is i I've cleaned and I know what it's like to do cleaning for you. It was probably a bit of a step out there and not realise quite how hard it is. It's brutal. It's hard work. It's yeah. really, it's hard physical work. You don't, you, you know, you have a tight time frame to work to. It's not easy and we have to show the empathy for the cleaners as well as obviously mm -hmm. reinforcing our standards. And I would actually suggest that anybody uh, starting out in service accommodation, have a go at one of your cleans yeah. because... You'll do, you have much more sympathy for your cleaners. Well, you'll have two things. You will have a lot more sympathy for your cleaners in some areas and a lot more like respect for what they have to do and how yeah. hard work it is. On the other hand, it also reinforced to me some things where standards do slip and, and you know, doing the clean myself, I see, well, there's, there's, there's no excuse for that to happen. If you were following the checklist and, mm -hmm. you know, you, you were showing the right level of attention to detail, we should never be getting that issue. So I think putting yourself in the cleaner's shoes quite literally and doing some of the cleans yourself, um, not making a regular habit of it, but, you know, one, one, once, or, once or twice, I think is a good, is good, a good practice, I think, good recommendation. So I think 
cleaners are such an important moving piece within the business yeah. and you know we have learned so much we've gone through various iterations of cleaning teams we've used one-man bands we've used cleaning companies and i think that we are getting better and better at um finding training and supporting Rockstar cleaners. Yeah, and we have rockstar cleaners. We do have rockstar cleaners. Okay, that's us for episode five. Now, we are on holiday next week, but the wheels don't stop turning. Caroline's got a massive smile on her face. <laughs> but, but the wheels don't stop turning just because we're taking a bit of a break. So we may well be coming to you from sunny Spain for the next episode. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Please subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you get a minute to leave us a review, that would be amazing. And we want more voice notes like Nikki's. Let us know what you're up to, any questions you may have, or just check in with us and let us know what you think of the pod so far. So, that, oh, don't, don't forget the cliffhangers. Ah, the cliffhangers, of course. Well, will our plumber come out of hiding for the hotel? Oh, where are you? And will I be able to drag Caroline off the beach next week to record episode six? How's that? Oh, thanks, everybody, and have an amazing week. Bye. Bye.